0: Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> We've been on our series entitled Trust God, and I'm going to share a little bit on that today, but I feel like that there is some encouragement. That God wants me to bring today—that He just, just actually, just spoke to me in a little bit different way when when I was in, during worship. Um, and um, I'm going to follow His leading. Amen. I'm going to follow his leading. You're going to be glad you came today. Somebody already is. Yeah, you yeah, already are. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. Um, trust in God is faith in God. Trust in God is Faith in God. We've been talking about that for the last several weeks. Um, Trust in God is faith in God. And I'm just going to list these several different aspects of life that that are really, really important. And they're really basic, but I want you to think about this. There, there are several aspects in life that are important every day. And these are two of them. Who to trust and who not to trust. What to accept is another one in life. What to accept in life and what to reject and resist. It's vital that we understand that in, in our walk every day. Who we can trust and who we can't. And I'm just going to tell you this, and this is why church life is so vital for your existence. What, what, the, what we define church as is found in in 1 Timothy 3 and verse 15 and it says that the house of God, Old Testament, is the church of God, New Testament. And it is the pillar and the ground of truth. You have to hear things like this that I'm saying today, so that God can speak to you in what you're hearing. When I preach the Word, I'm not preaching at anybody. This message right here, I'm not thinking about any one of you. Not anybody. I would never stand behind the pulpit and preach a message thinking that Fabian needs this. It won't work. Those type of words have never worked. What matters is what he thinks. And I'll just tell you this. You really cannot trust anybody in life except God. You really can't trust a soul Let me ask you this question to back that up. Have you ever known anybody in life, any, any one person, that never has let you down in any way, shape, or form? I don't believe there's a human being. Because to be that to another person, you'd have to be that person. But here's the thing. So many people don't know how to trust God. So they're looking for the effects of trust in all the wrong places. I mean, I mean, right now, I can't think of anything that my wife has let me down in. I can't think of anything that... I, I can't trust her. I mean, if I think long enough, maybe she did this thing or that thing or whatever, but for the most part, I can trust her. But the reason I can trust her is because I trust God. A lot of people on planet Earth today, they, they say, well, you know, you, you, you can't trust anybody. Well, I just said that. I'm telling you, you can't. Don't think because some person's one political party or another, you you slant towards one side or the other and you think you can trust. I promise you, you can't trust a soul, but you can trust God. And I've become, over 44 years of salvation, I've become utterly convinced that He will never let me down. But you have to learn how to trust him. And then you have to learn how to believe in people in spite of them. Wow. I'm telling you what I'm sharing with you today has literally liberated my life. You know, what, you know why? Because when you trust God, no human being can ever let you down. I mean, they'll do things that potentially you could be really upset about or, or whatever, and you say, well, yeah, Pastor, but you, you don't know what I've lived with. No, but God does. And when you trust God, people may do things that disappoint you, you don't like those things, but I promise you, when you trust God, you will never be let down, ever, ever, and you can believe in the best of people. You know what I've realized? And it's, it's the reason that my prayer life took, took a total different transformation in the way I pray for people. When somebody does something to me that is not godly, man, they go on my list. See, see, you can't lose. Not only can somebody that maybe, quote, has done me wrong, I'm not going to Focus on that and give in to that. I'm praying for them to be liberated and free. But all, but all I pray for them is that their eyes be opened up to see clearly. But see, I pray that over myself first. So that I'm not looking at individual people thinking, you know, that, uh, they need to change and they need to think like me. Now, That's the worst thing that they could do is think like you and me with the parts of us that don't think like God. No good. Seems like every day I live now, I get more and more excited about the potential and possibilities that there are in life when I trust Him. If I'm looking to me, pff, we're afraid, we're upset, we're frustrated, been out of shape, angry, jealous, you know, all kinds of emotion, right? But I choose every day not to make decisions from my emotions. I choose to make decisions hearing from God and trusting that what He tells me will come to pass. That takes time. It takes development. It takes time of realizing, well, I thought that was God, but it wasn't. Okay, what do you do with that? Repent. Move on. You think God's freaked out? I I feel like that God is... Encouraged when we think we're hearing him and we may miss it, I feel like he's encouraged that we at least stepped out and did something. Sitting around, well, you just never know what God's going to do. Yeah, we can. We can hear the voice of God. Same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives inside of me. Same spirit that talked to him, that caused him to do what he did in the earth is the same spirit that is there to talk to me if I'll learn to listen. If I'll learn to yield to his voice and not all the other voices that are out there. There's God's way. There's God's voice. And then there's all the other voices. I don't know about you, but I choose him. Can you say amen? I choose God. 1 Peter 5 and verse 6. He said, therefore... Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all of your care upon him because he cares for you. Next verse. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, your adversary your neighbor, no. Your adversary your spouse, no. Your adversary your boss, no. Your adversary, the person that's sitting next to you right now, no, he said your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, seeking whom he may devour. I don't know about you, but I've chosen to say you may not. I've chosen to say, you may not devour in my life. You may not. He's going around looking for people that will give in to him, give in emotionally, give in in every way. But I choose, I'm just not. Have I? Absolutely. Will I continue to? Absolutely not. Will I do something again that may revert to giving in? Absolutely will. Am I giving in to that? Absolutely not. I'm not. I refuse. I refuse. How do we deal with this? What did I say in the beginning? Faith, trust equals faith. I'll say it like that. Trust equals faith. Resist Him. Resist Him. That's why I said that, that there are several aspects that are vitally important what you accept and what you resist. In life, it matters what I accept and what i resist and and you know to save time we need to accept the things of god and resist everything that's not <laughs> wish it was that easy but trying to figure that out and understand what that looks like is a whole lifetime so you know what take your time take a deep breath and just walk it out continuously what did he say do resist him who your adversary who who the devil Steadfast in the faith equals trust. So, what trust is, you know, if somebody, let's just take two married people, if, 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 if somebody in the marriage is not faithful or they're just, you know, they've lied or they've said certain things, you know, to, to believe that a person that was unfaithful is going to just be sorry and all of a sudden going to be faithful? Uh Uh-uh. It ain't happening. A hundred times out of a hundred, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Because there's a reason that person was unfaithful, that has to be gotten to the bottom of. So real trust has to be won. Real trust has to be won. In other words, it has to be developed. He said here, resist your adversary, how? Steadfast in the faith. In other words, steadfast meaning in developed faith. That is trust, that you know that something is not of God, it's not God, I'm resisting it, and it will not have place. Then when you know that something is God, you're learning how to accept that. Do you know how many people don't understand that certain things in life that come their way are actually God and not the devil? Why? Because certain things that come our way have to do with attitudes and things inside of us that aren't right, that have to be extracted. You know, a lot of Christians in the world in the camp that I've grew up in, you know, don't like the word suffering. They start getting a little shaky when you talk, talk about suffering. No, 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 Jesus paid all the price so we don't have to suffer. Yeah? We're sickness, disease, we're poverty, we're lack, where all those kind of things are concerned, he paid the price that we don't have to. But to be on the receiving end and the acceptance of that, we have to change the way we think. And the suffering that we experience in life is the extraction out of the world's way of thinking and now the acceptance of God's way. And that just doesn't happen overnight. That takes time. He said, resist him steadfast in the trust and the faith and the confidence that you have in God that is being developed from one faith experience to the next, one faith obstacle and issue that you're facing in life to the next so that you don't go from one defeat to the next. But if we don't become and learn how to be doers of God's Word in the midst of what we face, there's many times we'll accept things that God didn't want us to accept and resist things that really weren't even God. It's vital that we understand who we can trust and who we can't trust. And I'll just answer that question for you. You can trust nobody but God. And when you learn to trust God, then you can believe in people and get over issues and situations that there are in life where you feel like, well, you know, I just can't trust. You, if you have this attitude that you can't trust people, it's like, man, you can't trust everybody. Everybody's a crook. No, I didn't say that. No, I didn't say that at all. People generally lie. I saw I saw a Gallup poll one day that said 85% of Christians lie on a regular basis. <laughs> well, I'm part of the fifteen. No you, you, right? I mean that's what every that, that's what everybody will say. Well, I'm just part of the fifteen. But eighty five percent of the Christians are liars. On a regular basis. Well, pastor, I don't lie. I mean, I don't always tell the whole truth. Well, you either tell the truth or you don't. If you don't, it's a lie. Anybody ever lied? I got both hands up. You're a pastor and you've lied? Yep. Anyway, deal with it. Amen? I've told things that are not true. Am I going to stay that way? Absolutely not. But have your lies and my lies got us into trouble? Dang dang right. Kept us from being able to accept and receive the good things of God. we got to get the lying out. we got to get the dishonesty and those kind of things out. And that's where the trust and the confidence in God. You know what? I don't have to lie to make people think I'm something. I can trust God. And the way God made me, that's enough. I don't have to be upset or frustrated about anything else. Where do you learn these kind of things? Church. Amen? Amen. Church. Steadfast in the faith, in the trust, and the confidence of God. There's another verse that talks about resisting James 4, 7, and it says, it says, Therefore submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God. Actually, the verse before that talks about what First Peter did about humbling yourself under his mighty hand. With that humility comes great grace, double grace, empowerment to advance of the grace of God. It's there. Then he, but he said, submit to God. What does that submission have to do with? His way and not our way. Again, there represents that development of God's way of doing something and operating that I need to submit to and learn how to do that so that I can resist the devil and he flees. So I find myself resisting things that need to be resisted and accepting things that need to be accepted. What if God, what if? Just in your time with God, you heard God say to you, you know what? You're lying a lot. Well, I bind you, Satan. You know, something silly like that. No, when God comes to you to tell you something about your life, it's because he wants to better your life. Did you hear me? God doesn't come accusing you. That's what the enemy does. God never accuses. That's why God, that's why in the scripture, God says, leave the judging to me. It's my job. When you and I are judging each other and one another and our neighbors and different people, you do a horrible job because that's his job. So you're trying to do his job you weren't created to do. His job leads to judging to me because when he judges, it's righteously, and he's in it to see people liberated and free. We want to take them out and they deserve this. They should have got this. Well, what about what you should have got? Yeah, but you don't know what they do. Well, talk to him. He said, leave the judging to me. He's better at it, and it's what he, it's what he is supposed to do, not you and I. But that submission to God is submitting to his way so that we can resist and realize that the enemy has no power, no place to overtake our life. Can you say amen? Um, <clears throat> I, had a, I had a different direction that I was going to go in the last 15, 20 minutes of my message today. But now, but I'm going in a little bit different direction. Um, host, you need to be prepared because I'm going to pray for people just real quickly in in a few minutes. God told me to do something and I'm going to pray for specific people. I'm going to call you out and I'm going to have a mask on and if you, if that bothers you, you don't have to come up, okay? I'm going to have a mask on. I'm going to stand away from you. I'm not going to touch you. I've already taken my temperature today. I have no temperature, you know, I'm, I have no temperature. It's 75, no. <clears throat> no, but, I, I, but I, I, ha, I don't have a temperature. It's not above 98 point whatever it's supposed to be. Um, <clears throat> so I, I'm going to pray that. So just be prepared in the next few minutes because I'm going to do something under the direction of the Holy Spirit that God gave me. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to do a few little things, so just kind of bear with me. You know, when Shannon talked about earlier that we had some testimonies from people, um, I'm, I, we, I have permission to, to read this, and this is from the Calderon family, and uh, this is a testimony concerning 2020. And as soon as I can tell, Michelle wrote this, so you know, it's Michelle. Anyway, <coughs> it's them, but I can tell she wrote it. There are specific big things that we have had for some time as a vision for our family that still did not happen in 2020. Like many, we had things that happened last year that did not go the way we hoped or planned. That instead led us to experiences we needed to go through to bring personal change. 2020 was a year of internal reset for us. We've been able to recognize and rise above so many old and wrong ways of thinking. Man, there's no greater prosperity and advancement than that. There's nothing. It's greater than that. To be willing to do whatever it takes to make the changes in your thinking. There's nothing greater. Nothing. Because it will produce everything else. We have become more united as a family. And our marriage is stronger than it has ever been. We have also learned how to walk in a greater level of peace than we have known before. As we have made personal changes, we have seen smaller goals be met along the progress toward our bigger goals. For all of this, we are very thankful and will continue to work to trust God for our vision for our family. Do you realize how many things that we desire in life that if we weren't prepared spiritually to receive those things, they would destroy us? Many times people think, well, you know, I've been believing for years for this and God's not done anything. Well, now you're in the blame game. Now you're saying God's not true to his promises. Because why? It's taking too long. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. Yeah, but pastor, it's been six months. That's kind of a joke, but it's not. And today I declare that the Calderon family will see all the things that have been in their hearts. How many agree with me concerning that concerning their family today in the name of Jesus? Why? Because they're thinking like God in a greater way. I don't care how long that takes. Many people have come into the church world and church life and they, 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 they're in a sprint and they're learning and they grow and they get things and they understand some things, you know, but then it gets tough. And next week we're going to talk about in my last message on, on, on trust, we're going to talk about the things that happen that cause people to give in and throw in the towel, where so many things and so many areas of life are concerned. Everybody's quit something. Everybody's been frustrated with something, everybody, but we don't have to stay that way. Why? Because God's got our back. He's got our front. He's got both sides. He's got you covered. He's already accomplished and done everything that we'll ever need in life. We just have to learn how to accept from him and learn how to resist and reject things that are not of him. Can you say amen to that? And I want to read the second testimony of Abundia Franco's. He and his wife and beautiful little baby, and their family. 2020 could have been easily the worst year of our life. My wife, who was four months pregnant at the time, we were hit by a drunk driver very hard. Not only was God faithful with the promise of the tithe, and it was set it was up here earlier that Eric mentioned about the tithe and what Abundio is saying here, when you are a tither, The devourer, God rebukes the devourer for us, and then we enforce it. We enforce his rebuke by giving the devil no place. But as a tither, being a tither, that's not giving, that's not sowing seed. Tithing is something that belongs, the tithe belongs to the Lord. And he said when we do that, then the devourer is rebuked in every way, and that's what he's saying right here knowing that because of the tither and their faithful tithers, that, that what could have happened didn't happen. Everybody say amen to that. Amen. <clears throat> but the day I found out that we had conceived, I started speaking into my wife and unborn child, Exodus 23, 25. None will miscarry. None will miscarry. Every single day until that day that she was born. And she's a beautiful baby today. Can you say amen to that? We also built this year our brand new home. We moved in a month after the baby was born. I was not going to let 2020 take us down. It was a great year for us. 2021 is going to be even better. My wife and I are so grateful for God's promises. Can someone shout amen? How many agree today that 2021 is a great year for them? Amen. What the enemy meant for ugly turned in for good because They stand on the promises of God. Can you say amen to that? Um, I want to read this verse in Psalm 84 in verse 10. It says, For one day, Lord, in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God, which is the church, which is his body, with his body today, than dwell in tents of wickedness. A day in the courts in the, in the house of God is greater than a thousand anywhere else. Because the house, the church, is to bring the truth. The truth I'm giving you today, that, it doesn't stop with this. The true teacher, the Holy Spirit, is what takes, takes the things that we preach and now says, Now I want to reveal to you what it really means to you. He's the true teacher. But faith in God comes from you positioning yourself to hear. And that's what the church is about.